Hey, I'm Dr. Laura Berman, a sex and relationship therapist. And for the past three decades, I've been helping people learn how to love and be loved better. That's what we're doing here on The Language of Love, where I get to answer calls and emails from people just like you. My goal with The Language of Love is to help you discover more meaningful, emotional, and physical intimacy, and to help you build more awareness of how precious and sacred your sexuality really is. Be sure to email me or reach out with your very own love, sex, relationship questions, and I might just answer them live on the air. It's time we all become fluent in the language of love. I'm excited to share the teachings and the wisdom of this week's guest, Neil Allen. He is a teacher, a writer, a spiritual coach, a spiritual seeker. He wrote a beautiful book recently called Shapes of Truth, Discover God Inside You. And we're going to get into what's so cool about this book and how practical it is. I also had a brief conversation with him, Neil, and his wife, famed American novelist and activist Anne Lamott, who uh wasn't feeling great uh, tonight, but was able to share before we got started a little bit of wisdom about love and older age. I had two really long-term relationships, and but with both of them, both men, I had felt I liked a lot about it. But if they were women, they wouldn't have been my very best girlfriend, mm. you know, because I had a very best girlfriend who really did check off everything on the list. Yeah. Brilliant, mm-hmm. kind, intimate, articulate, and fun, yeah. you know, just lovely in the way that your very best girlfriend is. And with the men I've been with, I think I really like to be with them or have them around or whatever it took care of. But then with Neil, I thought, you know what? I thought to my baby self, I thought if he were a woman, I'd want to be best girlfriends Aww, with him. That's and that's what I would urge. Neil. Yeah, that's what I would urge your listeners just to hold out for. Hold out for the person who you'd want to be best friends with if they were not going to be a romantic partner. Yeah. And that you could talk to forever and that you could be your true self with. Yeah. And in my case, I lucked into the kindest woman on earth. Thank you for the service you're doing in the world, Laura. And I'll turn you over to Neil and Shapes of Truth. He will not mention that I did think of the title. (laughs) (laughs) So... Good. I'm glad you cleared that up. Nice to meet you. (laughs) You too. Feel better. Thank you so much for hopping in. Thanks, Annie. Everybody loves a love story, but I think it's just the way that you all speak about each other and support each other's work and intellectually and emotionally are just so attuned. And it sounds like it was really that way from the very beginning. And we'll get into the body shapes a little bit, but I love that on your, it's something I would do and did when I was dating, put them through the gamut on the first date, put her through the process. Oh, that's true. I made her cry. That's right. She came in and on our first date, she was talking about something that was bothering her. Mm -hmm. And so I like hearing what's bothering people. And so I asked her about it and then we went through the process. Yeah. This, this kind of mysterious process that I do. 
Yes, we're going to talk about that. So as I was saying in the introduction, Neil Allen is, I would say, your whole life, you've been a spiritual seeker. You're a teacher. You're first and foremost, I think you probably identify as a writer. But he wrote this book that I just absolutely love. And I was kind of stalking him on Instagram because I didn't know how to reach him. And eventually he saw the message and said, here's my email. But he wrote this beautiful book called Shapes of Truth. The subtitle is Discover God Inside You, which is so great because it really describes what the book is about. It's not easy for a subtitle to describe what the book's about, but that really fundamentally is. And so I congealed all of my notes. I had a million highlights and questions for you and just things that I want to share with everybody about some of the fundamentals. Obviously, they can read the book and get much more specific, but first of all, If I understand, you can paraphrase this or correct me, but like the fundamental piece of this is divine body forms is what you call them and identifying them and connecting with them, which we'll get to in a moment and identifying, connecting with them both to work through an issue that is bothering you or a conflict or a problem or get yourself supported and find that internally referenced support that's always available to us. But then it also is really valuable as a general practice to help you get closer and closer to that God connection within you. Yeah, that's better put than I could have done it. I'm not very pithy about the book, unfortunately, but it's basically there are 35 colors, objects with a color that you can find in yourself. And you can have this trippy experience of actually seeing yourself as a yellow ball inside you. And each of them has to do with a way in which you are divine, a particular way in which you are divine, which you and everybody else is divine. Yeah. A noun of value. And so if you see a red ball you are noticing that you have strength and discrimination in you, the ability to do things in you. And if you see yellow, you know that you're in the presence of your own curiosity, of your desire to pull something close and look at it. And if you see amber, you're seeing your own perfect value that you were born with. And what's odd about these things is that anybody can find them. They're very easy to retrieve. You just have to know where to look and how to look. And I want to get into that, but but let's just, I just want to back up one second because the thing that was so fascinating to me about this is I talk a lot online and on this show about what I call embodiment practice and the shamanic soul retrieval. And there are all of these ancient practices around going into your body and finding the point of tension and giving it a color and a shape. And in a way, that's kind of what's happening in the, with these shapes. But what's so fascinating to me, and I want to ask you about before we get into the nitty gritty of where these shapes are and how to work with them, from the way that you describe them and you talk about this coming, I think, from the teachings of Hamid Ali originally, and you've kind of, you're summarizing and, and bringing it to us, operationalizing it for us, but that these are universal. That's what was so wild to me. Like, if you see a red ball, this is what it means. It's totally bizarre. There were the Sufi actually are the only people who have known about these as far as Hamid Ali and I can tell. Hamid Ali is a guy who is a guru type who runs a mystery school, quite brilliant at helping people remove the obstacles of their ego. In an Eastern kind of way, you can move into enlightenment, presumably, if you go through his program. And he focuses particularly on the obstacles in the way and less on visualizing what 
bliss would be. And by being very kind of scientific or careful about making sure that it's kind of evidence-based work that he sees can be handled by people in the same way and can be repeated like in a scientific method. Along the way of doing this kind of work, he discovered that the Sufi who had found five of these had missed and had not noticed that there were 30 more. And he discovered 35. And all I've done in my book is take it out of the mystery school. It's been kind of locked in this mystery school for 30 or 40 years. And everybody in the mystery school agrees that, yeah, red is strength. Yeah, yellow is curiosity. And they all come into it on their own. And the, the universality has been proven through kind of thousands and thousands of people going through his mystery school. And it's shapes too. It's like a ball or a pillar. Like if it's for strength, you see a pillar in your spine and, and then then it changes color. Like I remember I I was making a note of this, that you kind of stick with it because it can show up as one color. But if you stick with it, that sometimes is a distraction and then it turns into something else. If you ever see something really rosy, especially in the beginning before the resolution are really beautiful. Like that's your ego trying to distract you. There are so many cool things like that. So it's not just colors, it's shapes, right? Shapes of truth. And the yeah. 35 body forms both have color and shape. Well, I guess the first five are more color, right? Wouldn't no, you no, say? they're all color. Yeah. And people have different abilities to see them in different ways. Everybody sees the colors. Some people can smell scents that go along Which with I them. Never Some people can get a sensory touch that goes with them. Or a taste. Uh, and, and most people can, for some of them, notice the gem or the element or the shape. Everybody sees the color. So they're usually referred to within the mystery school by their color. By their so color. the red aspect, he calls them aspects, I call them body forms. But anyway, he calls them aspects because here's the trip is that they are aspects of God insofar as a human being participates in Godness. So it's an access point to God within. And so it's basically letting you be able to find the God within and notice that that's who you are, rather than the parasitic superego inner critic who's yelling at you all the time and telling you to build up your defenses and do all of that kind of stuff. This is who you are if you stripped away all of your identities, all of your roles. In fact, it's who everybody is, and yet it's divine and beautiful, and you get to appreciate that, Mm -hmm. right? Normally, we think that if I strip away my what's special about me, I'm a blob. Here, it's basically showing you, you strip away what you think is special about you, your identities and all that kind of stuff. You're actually God in a very human form that's in this location that you're sitting in, but isn't all that different from anybody else. And it gives you a sense. Uh, what I love is that, well, the 35, as you said, there are the main five, you know, the first five, which are curiosity, strength, will, compassion, and power. But all of these have qualities. I was kind of smiling to myself thinking, you know, it's like a recipe. I need a little compassion and will and some knowingness and some personal love, a little brilliancy dashed in like this is what I really need. So what I wanted to ask you is because most of the examples in the book, you're facing something or you're just exploring and you find the shape and that tells you what you need. And then you can kind of go into that and experience that. 
But do you ever go in knowing what you need and find it that way? Or do you wait and see what divine? You can do that. Yeah, sure. Generally, at first, by the way, just so everybody understands this, it's very difficult to do on your own. So it's too bad, but it just is. And so at first, you're going to need a friend. You're going to need somebody. If you're actually searching for these, you're going to need somebody who's prompting you with the questions. The reason for that is that you have an inner critic, a defensive system that doesn't want you to go there. And that's why these have been hidden forever, right? So if you're left to your own devices, you won't go there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're not going to be allowed in very easily. And so at least at first, you need somebody to help you with it. Generally speaking, it's a good way to go in is to say, you know, it's been on my mind. My partner does this really annoying thing. And I know it's small, but it's been bugging me forever. And I just, he did it again this morning or she did it again this morning. And that's just bugging me. And then you wipe that thought out. And then you go in and the person asks you a bunch of questions. What will generally happen at that point is your belief in your own suffering, your belief in that, that that annoying thing is insuperable to you. You just beat your head against the wall and you're going to keep beating your head in the wall. It's just a horrible thing in your life. That belief will show up as a particular kind of object. So when I say they show up as an object, this is so trippy and weird, but true, is that somewhere in your torso or your neck or your head, a little area will open up as if your organs in that area have been moved aside. And it's like a little snow globe shows up and then something pops up in the middle of it, right? And usually the first thing that pops up is brown or gray. It's got tension to it. It's a little ugly. And it might be a kind of metal band right behind your forehead, or quite often it'll be a kind of blobby gelatinous thing sitting inside your solar plexus. You're just visualizing this. You're like closing your eyes and you can kind of sense it and see it inside yourself. It looks strangely real. You can even tell while it's going on that you know the difference between your imagination and this chair is a chair and you are Laura and I, you know. It feels very real. And this feels more like this chair is a chair, then it feels like my imagination. But at any rate, it it shows up, it's like a snow globe opens. And you're just peering into it with a kind of internal visual sense, which people say, oh, I'm not able to see things inside my body. I'm not able to go into my body. Everybody's scared of that. I promise you, this is simple. And this, this everybody can do. And so you go inside, you see that thing. After a while, you just look at it. And you just pay attention to it as a physical object. And so what you've done is somehow mentally and physically, you've transformed an emotional issue that's a bunch of words after all. That's what emotional issues are, are a bunch of concepts and words put together and stories. And you've turned that emotional issue into a little object inside a snow globe inside your body. And all you're doing is kind of looking around, you're looking at the back of it and the front of it and the center of it and looking all around. And for some reason, by spending time with it, just that two or three or four or five minutes, maybe 10 minutes at most, it starts to disappear and dissipate. Yeah. And 
to me, it always feels like it's kind of ways. Thank you. You saw me. Exactly. You saw that what you believe. So you didn't deny it. You didn't avoid it. You didn't try to fix it. You just let me see Held it. Held space uh, and witnessed it. And you showed yeah. up for it. You know, I always feel like those places where we stay really stuck repeatedly or get really triggered are those earlier wounds that we just don't want to be with. And there are, you know, that's what they talk about in parts work, right? There are these old parts of ourselves, these young parts of ourselves that just want to be seen and heard and felt. And what you're describing is a beautiful way of doing that because you're bearing witness, you're sitting with it. Tell me all about it, basically looking at all the different angles. And then it feels seen and understood and heard. And it's like, okay, I'm done. Well, and then it disappears. And then there's a feeling of contentment. And then if you're lucky, first few times it might not happen, but eventually it happens that a second object appears. And that's one of these 35 objects. Ah. And that, that object is always the divine aspect inside yourself that's the support for the belief that you have that emotional issue and replaces the emotional issue with the knowledge that, no, I'm not a weakling, I'm strong. Or no, I'm not incurious, I'm curious. Or no, I'm not powerless, I'm powerful. And you can tell the difference. You can tell it's a real divine quality because it's both simpler and more vivid. And it's in the catalog of colors that's in the back of the book. They're 35 colors, they're 35. And so you can see if it's red, it's, oh, I must have been questioning my own ability to be able to do things and accomplish things. And I actually have that ability built into me. I don't have to pull it out of the outside world by faking it. And so how, in your experience, because I know you work with a lot of clients and and take people through this process, obviously, if it's like a trauma history or some big horrible issue that's really insidious and longstanding, it might take a little bit longer. But in general, how quickly does the relief, I know you feel this sort of sense of oneness and relief and release when it first disappears and the divine body form hopefully appears, but how long does that last? How sustainable is it? So that'll last the first few times that it happens. That'll last anywhere from a few hours to a few days. But then it's like anything else. It requires a lot of repetitions. Sorry, but everything (laughs) requires repetitions. And if you do it 20 or 30 times, I'd say something different happens, Mm -hmm. which is all of a sudden the light bulb goes off and is, oh, I'm that. I'm not who I thought I was, who is this defensive creature who's grasping for being able to be liked and loved and believes that they need to draw energy from other people to have any oomph themselves and all those sort of problems that our egos create for ourselves. I'm not that person. I'm actually this simple thing inside that's got this internal beauty to it. And it may be called God, and it may be called consciousness, and it may be divine, but it's also just little old me. And that's weird, right? (laughs) And once that starts to come through, then people tend to accelerate their practice. Because the nice thing about this is that it's a constant reward system. Every time you have an issue of suffering and you use this to go into your suffering, you're going to open a little bit of this more uh, elegant reality to yourself that allows you to be more comfortable in the world. And so it starts to amplify itself. You start to do it more often, a lot of people. And then eventually, 
some people come to recognize in a very sustained way that that's who they are. Now, there's other work that goes on at the same time, because remember, you're looking at your suffering. And so you're also doing repetitive work with allowing yourself to spend time with your emotional suffering, which is most of the release of emotional suffering. Most of it is spending time with it. If you think about it, most people, when they hit a a hurt feeling, they'll do anything they can to get out of that hurt feeling as quickly as possible. And if you spend 10 seconds or 20 seconds with a hurt feeling, that's a lot. And you're spending the rest of your time, even if you still sort of sense it in the background, trying to either fix it or distract from it or do something other than see it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, I feel that so strongly. And I really try to model that more than ever before. You know, even as I've gone through really horrible traumas and dramas more recently, just you can't go over, under or around it. You have to be with it and sit with it and go through it. I mean, not that I ever loved it before and earlier in my life, I certainly would have done anything to avoid it. Now, not, you know, now I kind of get it. But it's still astounding to me how, as just a culture, we are so pain averse and people are so afraid of sitting with their pain in any way. And that's one of the things that I want to say to y'all, that this book will give you a pathway to do that that feels, I think, much more containable and strategic. And I think that can help a lot of people who know that they need to do this kind of work, but don't want to sit there and wallow and talk about their abusive parent or the horrible thing that happened last week or last month or whatever else. And this is almost like a form of body work, somatic experiencing and inner child work all at once. It's really cool. I'm curious if you'd be open. I don't know what's going to happen. And I honestly don't even have a specific issue that I want to. You want to try it? But yeah, I want to try it. it. Yeah. Okay. So close your eyes. Okay. And if you're not driving, you can do this with me, guys. Okay. (laughs) Take a couple of deep breaths. Everything in spiritual work starts with a couple of deep breaths. Isn't that funny? Anyway, so take a couple of deep breaths. And then all you're doing is looking inside your head, your neck, your torso, and just tell me anything localized that you notice that's sticking out, a feeling of cold or hot or tense or smooth or anything. And tell me when you found something. Okay, it feels smooth in my neck. It feels tight in my head. And in my shoulders and my chest, it feels sort of like tendony, like string. Okay, I'll pick one of them. So you feel tense in your head. Where is the tension? What part of your head? It's like a headband, kind of where it's my It's like a headband. Are. So it's in, in the front. And how far is it from, like, how wide is this uh, band is- of tension? It goes from under one ear around the top of my head and around and down under the other ear. Under the other ear. Okay. So it forms a U across the top of yeah, your head. It Is it in? It's up here like a little ram horns. 
Okay, so it's got a ram horn at the bottom of it. Okay, and so how wide is this band? It's pretty wide at the top. I mean, I would say it spans from like my crown to the middle of the back of my head. Okay, and how thick is it? This is so weird. All right, it's not thick on the outside of my head, like above. It's the thickness is inside, and I would say, you know, what is that like about an inch? Okay, so it's about an inch thick inside, and it's just barely inside your head. It's actually on the surface also. Goes down under your ears and forms these ram horns. What's its density? If it was a material, what would it be made of? Wood, metal, uh, water, air. It seems like it's a like a metal, but between not like not like like between wood and a metal. You know, it's it's harder than wood. Harder than wood, um, and but it's solid and it's harder than wood. Is it porous or is it completely solid? It's solid. Okay. Does it have a shiny exterior or a matte exterior? How the hell do I know this? Okay, it has. I'm okay, just and it has matte exterior. And what color is it? A yellowish gold color. A yellowish gold, and is it the same color inside it as it is on the outside, or does it have? Different color. Let me look inside it because it's solid. It looks solid, but let me see if I can see inside it. You can see inside it. The laws of physics don't (laughs) don't apply here. It's like it's like the color of blood when it's inside the body. You know how it's like that blackish red. Okay, so it's blackish red on the inside, and does it graduate out to the yellow gold, or is it distinct? Two different colors. It's distinct. It's like the gold is the container and okay. it's filled with that. And is that made of the same substance as the gold? No, it's like um, gel. It's like a gel. Okay. Is this band going from the top of your head down into the ram horns at the uh, below your ears? Is this band uh, still or is it moving? It's still. And is it attached or is it uh, floating? I think it's floating. I don't get the okay. sense that it's attached. Okay. Now, all I want you to do, now that you've described it brilliantly to me, all I want you to do is look at it. You only care about its physical properties. You don't care why it got there or how it got oh, there. It's so hard for me. I want to ask all those questions. Okay, yeah, so no, just looking no. at it. You're just looking at it. Look from the inside, from the outside, from back, from whatever direction you want to look at it. You can even go inside it and look out from the inside of it, too, if you want to. But just pay attention to it. If anything changes, let me know. And if nothing changes, then just keep looking. Well, something immediately changed, and that is that the blackish red, it's almost like slime. You know how kids make that slime? That's what it's like. It turned uh, green. Okay, so now it's turned green, and it's still gelatinous in it's there, still, right? It's a little more fluidy, but it's it's a little uh-huh. more soupy, but it's green. Okay, okay, and what kind of green is it? It's like a limeish green. It's okay. sort of the color of the you know the kids' slime, the lime green yep. kids' slime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's still yellow gold on the outside and green now on the inside. Yeah. Okay, just keep looking. Okay, now. This is so hard to imagine that I'm not suggesting all of this in my mind, but it's wild. Okay, so now the gold part, it's like it's pixelating a little bit. You know okay, what I mean? So like it's the breaking apart a little bit. It's breaking uh-huh. apart a little bit. It's still in form, but it's like staticky. 
Uh-huh. The gold also, it's like mixed with purple and white and blue. So you're seeing a kind of a rainbow of colors in there. Yeah, sort of like static on a TV, but those colors. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm just still looking at it. Let's see if anything. Yeah. It's very pretty. It's got like the, it's still in its form. Oh, this is interesting. So now the slime is sort of becoming uh, liquidy and it's running down the sides of my head from the middle. It's like running it, down. Is it draining? The, it's draining into the ram horns. <laughs> okay. It's draining into the ram horns. Yeah. It's kind of falling down and it's sort of okay. gathering there. So it's collecting there. Yeah. As it drains it, does it become hollow where it's draining or does it or something it's actually else? disappearing the top? So now the band has disappeared from like one temple to the other temple. Okay. That part of the band and the staticky stuff it had become is gone, as is the green slime inside. And now there's just these two little horns on my jawbones here yeah. that are flattish and now they're on the outside the same width that one inch but they're still gold and they're filled with this green stuff and how tall are they they go from my temple down in front of my ear and kind of curve up around my jaw on both sides okay and they've moved outside of your and they're outside outside of my face i know you've got two of them just except that probably the other one will change too. If it changes, just look at one of them and just pay attention to it and keep your attention on the physical qualities of the one ram horn. Now it's becoming an actual horn. That's pretty, you know, those beautiful horns, um, like the browns and whites. Now it's a literal horn, (laughs) but with nothing inside. It's sort of hollow. Keep looking and see. And you don't have to do anything with your body or think anything. You're literally just watching. You're just watching. Oh, you're just paying attention to this funny little object that is inside you. And in this case, now outside you. Yeah. I don't know if this is normal, but it feels like it's almost in front of me turning around like in a display case almost. It's not really... So it's moved all the way out away from your head and it's now sitting outside of your head. Just pay attention to it and tell me where it goes. It's sort of gently turning like it's on an invisible turntable, like an object of art. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's a hollow, beautiful horn. What it does is I'm looking at it. See, I couldn't make this stuff up, the things that are happening. That's what's so weird. It's disintegrating. I'm sure you've heard yeah. weird stuff yeah. like this a million times, but it's yeah. disintegrating into gold dust. Okay. And it's sort of like little fairy lights just. Yeah. So just follow the fairy lights and see where they go. They're just like going out into the air and sort of merging with it. They're disappearing. Yeah. yeah. So they're so kind of know concentrated the- here and now that, and as they move out of farther away, they disappear. Tell me when the last of them has disappeared. Okay. They, they all went. Now there's just like a Lucite platform 
where that was spinning where the ram's horn was. Is that important since it was just a display? I don't know. So look at the Lucite platform. What's its diameter? It's probably two inches square on two inch by two inch. Okay. And looking, you can see through it like a piece, a chunk of Lucite. It's almost like if I were looking through it across a table or something and I see purple pants, you know, like smudged purple pants. Like if you were looking through thick Lucite at something, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but it's not inside the Lucite. It's like I'm looking. Let me just look. Yeah. Should I look above the Lucite and see if the. Sure. Do people show up? Because my Nana, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. My Nana, who, of course, I mean, that's probably why I saw purple. I was always wearing purple, although she usually wore lavender, not this dark violet color. But yeah. she's standing there in a violet pantsuit. Oh, <laughs> do people come in these situations? Yeah. Yeah. She's been showing up a lot for me lately. My Nana. Oh. So I want to take your attention off of the your Nana and off the Lucite and go back inside your head and tell me if there's anything going on there now. No, that band is gone. Okay. How do you feel? I don't feel the tension. So go look at the back wall of your torso and tell me what color you see. I see a rod, like a cylindrical rod, but it's kind of like royal blue but have you ever seen those titanium kind of colors so it sort of is iridescent almost like an oil spill where it has kind of purplish reflections on it but it's royal blue okay is it hollow no okay so you're seeing a solid bar solid bar of blue is that a thing is that a body shape i'm seeing yeah which one is it Knowingness mixed with the platinum of will. And you've got some iridescence, so you're actually exploring the whole catalog at the same time. Okay. And so do I do anything with this rod other than welcome it? Just welcome it. Just look at it. It does feel very different to look at it, actually. There's a really sweet sense in my chest when I look at it, which is different. I was very kind of removed, from, you know, I was very objective from the band, looking at the band. And this does have a feeling, I mean, maybe the band did too, and I wasn't tapping into it, but this has a nice feeling to it. It's sort of like when, you know, I guess it's a supported feeling. Well, it's, a, it's particularly supportive because it's essentially replacing your spine and telling you in a particular way that you're okay with your steadfastness, with your will, with your ability to persevere. And you came out. And that's, that's, that's what happens. Usually people come out very quickly after yeah. seeing the, the divine form. I liked it. I like that rod a lot. Yeah, can I just go in there and find the rod? <laughs> you can. You can. That's a, that's a little more tricky. But you'll and why find didn't my Nana show there. up? She was in a violet-colored suit, pantsuit with a flowered shirt. I could totally see you know, it. She was just sitting there grinning at me. 
<laughs> you know, it's interesting. You saw some purple beforehand too. And it's the one place where I differ with Hamid is he doesn't list purple in his catalog. He doesn't? And my clients see purple a lot. And as far as I can tell, purple being royalty, it's yeah. the color of, I deserve to be a queen. Aww. I deserve to be a king, meaning I deserve to have a spiritual life. I'm right. worthy of that love. Yeah. 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 And that yeah. is my Nana. Nana represents how worthy of love I am. So it makes sense that she would have shown up cheering me on. That's very sweet. Yeah. Aww. I love that. So there you go. You got a little demo. I'd say only about 20% of people, no, less than that. Probably 10% of people see a divine object the first time around. Really? You're really, you're really tuned into this. Just so you know, the, the first object that appeared, you're really helpful to yourself. And you were helping that object along. You bathed it in gold light of truth. And so you're basically trusting the process. And so you brought that trust physically into that first object. And then you brought compassion in too. That was that green. Oh, really? People usually don't bring gold in, but they'll often bring compassion in to help because they're suffering. And compassion is the love that rises in the presence of suffering. And so they bring it in to help them be able to see it. And then the green disappears, the gold disappears, and just the muddiness and ugliness of the object takes precedence. And then it all drained and all it did that. And it was a blink and you were in that um, cylinder. In the know, cylinder. And I, and part of me was thinking, oh, is it supposed to be silver? Because I'm not seeing silver. And I was just like, this is what I see. <laughs> I just said yeah. it. But yeah. it's also yeah. common early on that yeah. you'll see that iridescence. You'll see that rainbow because yeah. you're yeah. actually just it's so impressive. Yeah. All of the colors are in there and you're getting a glimpse of that. Yeah. It's very cool. Well, I'll keep playing in there. I definitely have been doing a not this work really, other than reading your book and playing with it a little bit. But being with myself, holding myself, going inside. That has been my life, certainly intensely for the past 10 years, but even more so for the past nine months. So yeah, I was probably primed for it. Yeah. <laughs> but How are you good. doing, by the way? How I'm are you do- doing? I'm doing What's it okay. like now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. I know people ask you that a lot. No, every day is different. But the nice thing is that now I have several normal days and even good days before I have a bad day, whenever that's going to show up or a bad hour or whatever. So it's really like all grief. It's just really sporadic and unpredictable. But what I really appreciate is I can feel my energy slowly coming back. That was really one of the most shocking because I've experienced a lot of grief in my life and a lot of loss. But the way that this floored me physically like I'll just bet. in terms of yeah. my stamina, my, I mean, just doing one thing during the day and just to be able to get up without being exhausted and do something like this and feel energized and not want to just go back to sleep makes me really happy because I can feel it slowly. It's going to be a process, but I can feel it slowly coming back. And the only thing that has saved me has been staying in my body. <laughs> like if, yeah. I don't think I'd be yeah. doing this well if I hadn't made that commitment from day one. And I learned the hard way when I got cancer within a year of my mom dying, which was my big, horrible, horrific, soul-wrenching loss before this. And that was nothing compared to this. But I didn't really deal with it. I just went right to making meaning out of it and writing books about it and spiritually connecting with her. But I didn't really, I just stayed up here where I like to be 
And then I got breast cancer within a year and was really sick. And so this time I was like, I am staying with myself 100%. And I have, and I'm really glad that I have because it's really helped. And also it's taught me a lot about, I'm not doing what people need for a long time. You know, I'm not going to make anything out of this for a long time, even though my purpose is always heal, learn, teach. I mean, it's just astounding to me how bad people are at grieving. It's what we were talking about with being so scared of pain and how people just don't know how to be with themselves. That's why I love your book so much, because it's such a beautiful tool for guiding people to start doing that in a really divine way. Oh, thank you. The funniest thing about wisdom to me, I don't know, I occasionally, you know, get pushed through some kind of wisdom and I have to shed it in order to make room for new wisdom. Mm -hmm. I never stops uh, both puzzling me and delighting me. Yeah, there's so much more. That's why there's nothing more scary to me than someone who thinks they know it all, because the more you know, it's so obvious that there's so much more to know. You have to keep making room. And that's what you were talking about with just being a seeker of truth. And this astrologically is a time, I can, and I'm seeing this everywhere, where just these huge truths are being revealed within ourselves that we never really saw and within the world. It's just a really interesting time. And so the guidance for doing this is in the book. I mean, it's difficult. I wish you could tape this or even listen to this, which you could, but it's so specific. And you saw how Neil was asking me, what color is it and what texture is it and what density? Okay, now look at it. What else do you see? So you do need someone kind of guiding you through that. So if you can get a buddy or a friend or a partner, all the instructions are in the shapes of truth. Discover God Inside You, the beautiful book by Neil Allen. And I'm going to keep practicing. I'm going to have to get a a friend to practice with me, but I'm going to keep doing it and see what shapes I can find. And I can imagine, because I do this with, we call it the completion process. It was created by this spiritual teacher uh, named Teal Swan. But I, I love this process incorporated into the work I do as a therapist where we kind of someone's having an emotion or a feeling and we locate it in their body and give it a color and a texture and make it bigger. But then I say to them, OK, so what's the first time you ever remember feeling this way? And it's a totally different process from there just like we've talked about with spirituality, they all are climbing different paths up the same mountain. What I love about this is that it really is working not only with your internal worlds, but with your body, which is the bridge to your soul, but with your body at the same time. The nice thing about your body is that while your mind can deceive you and can be less than a truth teller because you've got this inner critic voice that's interfering with you, your body can't lie. In a certain way, your body, it's learned how to repair itself. And to repair itself, it has to be very objectively clear about Mm -hmm. what's wrong. And it can't go around making up stories because it's got a very, you know, you got 17 million cells in your body and each of them is monitoring itself and making sure everything's okay. And that's what a body's job is to do is to, and then send out for help to come in. And it doesn't have any time to tell stories and to lie. No time for lies. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything else you think is important to share about the book or your work or anything else? 
God, nothing's important. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, what's important. I, I, whenever anybody <laughs> says the words, and this is important, I add the words to me. Yeah. So that what they're really important. saying, this is important to me. Yeah. It doesn't have to be important to anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> well, anything else you'd like to say? I've loved talking to you. Thank you. Thank I thought you. we were going to talk about love. I would I would love to talk specifically about love with you sometime, but that's another time. I would love to. Can we set up another time and talk all oh, about love? Oh, I, I was prepared to talk. I, I see. I love talking about love. I like talking about my book, of yeah. course. Yeah. But I love talking about love. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's do both. Let's have you back and talk all about love another time because I know that you have a lot to share there. And I'm always wanting to learn more and share more about how to love and be loved better. And you and Anne are, are doing a great job of that, obviously. So thank mm. you for all that you do in the world and all the love you give and share. And check out Neil's book, Shapes of Truth, Discover God Inside You. We're going to have him back and talk all about love another time. But if you want to hear about that or anything else, you have any specific questions, you can always email or leave a voicemail. Thank you. That was really so great. I really appreciate it. And thank Anne for rallying post. Thank you. You're a beautiful heart and a beautiful writer. And I really appreciate the time spent. I mean it about getting back and talking about love. I'd love to talk to you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. I'll see you next time.